Hello, Cece. This is Jimmy from Early Word. Hey, how's it going? Doing really well. Thank you so much for taking the time. I've been a big fan of Little Hurricanes for years now, so this is really exciting. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I saw you guys first live a year ago headlining at Mercury Lounge when you guys were here in Manhattan the night before Same Sun, Same Moon came out. Yeah, that was a, it felt like forever ago, but I guess not that long ago, huh? <laughs> it really does feel like forever ago. Thinking back to that tour and, and maybe even other album release tours, what's it like to be able to kind of get out there and play new music for your fans? Um, well, that tour was um, especially meaningful because I was pregnant the entire tour. Um, so that was definitely different, but... Um, it's kind of fun to look back because I was only a few months pregnant when we were in New York um, and the pregnancy obviously progressed, but um, it's cool to kind of reflect and see how far we've come and now like our baby's born and <laughs> um, it's really neat. And now you have a baby boy. Has that affected the band in any way? Um, you know, touring is kind of a, a little bit more difficult to handle logistically, but we're still doing it. Um, recording is also a little more difficult we kind of were worried that because we've been recording this whole year so we were worried at first that we would be too loud recording and keep the baby up so we decided to work on an acoustic record but what ended up happening instead is the baby <laughs> since it's acoustic it's like really quiet and the baby's kind of loud because he's either like crying or laughing or playing so he's made his way onto quite a few of the recordings so it's kind of hard we thought that the music would keep him up, but instead, like, he's too loud for the music, if that makes any sense. <laughs> so, uh, Same Sun, Same Moon took a different direction than Homewrecker and Gold Fever, and you mentioned that it was a representation of where you were physically and emotionally at the time. Is the new work that you're doing right now similar in that aspect? Yeah, I think so. You know, a lot of the acoustic songs we're working on now are just different versions of old songs but we're also working on altogether new songs and we're hoping to have you know an acoustic album out this year and maybe an entirely new record out next year but it's definitely evolved and you know we've kind of always written music based on emotion and there's a lot of emotion with you know growing a family so it's cool how that can be you know reflected inside the music a lot of your music speaks to life scenarios and everyday life is that just something that comes naturally to talk about when you're going through it yeah i mean i think because we the way that we write is we just go in the studio and it just kind of comes out we don't sit down and say we're gonna we're gonna write a song about this and then write it we we kind of just let the song form itself from as we're playing it and so naturally i think whatever's on our minds or we're going through is gonna find its way into whatever we're writing definitely and speaking of the evolution of your sound or music and even your relationship with tone it was originally completely platonic when did you realize that you two were romantically compatible and who made the first move <laughs> um i kind of just evolved i think that i definitely thought he was very handsome the first time we met but I was dating someone else and you know as we started writing some of those very early songs that were sort of love songs or he was coming up with lyrics I'd kind of wonder oh, is this maybe it's about me but you know you couldn't really ask but um 
I'd say once we finally kind of started really touring and taking it seriously full time, maybe six months after the band forming, um, we kind of realized that there was something more than a friendship. And in that seven years since you first got together, how has the band's identity changed as you've grown as partners together? Well, I like to think we're more uh, a little less amateur and a little bit more pro now. You know, those the first few years, I mean, the first show I played with Little Hurricane is the first show I ever played. So um, just the way that we maybe handle ourselves on stage, the way we record, the way we write songs, the way we approach our business has definitely evolved as we've learned more about just how the music industry operates. Um, so I think we're able to hopefully put out, you know, a more evolved sound, a more mature sound, um, and also operate our business to a, a higher level than when we started. It certainly does sound over time more refined, and something that I noticed is that each album places particular importance on the sequencing of the songs in the album. Do you spend a lot of time together on that aspect? Yeah, we sit down and listen to it over and over again in different combinations to kind of try and figure out what would be the best way for the listener to for the album to unfold that being said i think nowadays most people kind of stream music and unless they're listening to it on vinyl or the record they're not going to really absorb what we're trying to get across in that way but it's still good for when people that do enjoy to consume music that way you know that's if that's the way they listen to it one of the first things i did after your show in mercury lounge the next day I created a playlist of all of your music and I spent the next week or so just reordering it and shifting it around to tell, you know, as a playlist story that flowed as well. So I have an appreciation for anyone who takes time to think through that in that way. Oh, cool. Yeah, awesome. So speaking about uh, performing live, as a two-piece, that means you don't really have a whole lot of backup. And you mentioned at that show that you aren't as big on singing. I think you mentioned you might only sing on three tracks. Why do you think you as a performer have placed uh, less importance on the vocals overall? Well, I just, I, my background is definitely like I'm a drummer, right? So when I, I can read drum music and I can recreate drum beats, but it's taken me a long time to kind of understand pitch and harmony. And even when I can get to that point, then to be able to do that while drumming is, for me, really difficult because I tend to hold my breath when I'm playing the drums, which totally goes against the logics of a good singer. Um, and I think because I've never really sang before, I shy away from it just because it's intimidating. Like, you're your very most vulnerable, I feel like, when you're singing, especially in front of a crowd. Um, the very first, you know probably dozen times tone got me into the vocal booth to sing on a track I would I couldn't help it I would just cry like I would be overcome with emotion because I felt so exposed and unprepared um so it's taken me a long time to even be able to sing on a few tracks live but hopefully that's something you know with the baby and everything I've been singing and lots of lullabies and um hopefully it will just kind of keep continuing to evolve and I'll keep improving the more I practice in the live show, despite just having the two of you, you never really seem to have trouble filling the room with energy and sound. As a two-piece, did you find it an easier, difficult process to build an engaging live show? It kind of depends on the crowd, you know, and it depends on our instruments because we've had plenty of times where, you know, 
all of a sudden the guitar stops working <laughs> or an amp blows out. And like, I can drum solo a little, but like, I can't like fill up 15 minutes. I mean, I could fill up 15 minutes of drum solo. I just don't know if people would really want to hear that. And that's when I'm the most uncomfortable being in a two piece and just being, if he's focused on like repairing a piece of equipment and I've got 300 people staring at me, it's intimidating to know like, okay, how do I just like fill the room for, you know, however long. But when the crowd is really engaged and kind of really familiar with us and the music, it makes it a lot easier because you can just kind of converse with them and play off of them. And, you know, people tend to be more understanding than not when it comes to things like that going wrong or even just tuning in between songs, you know, because I think there's more because there's just two of us. There's more dead air than maybe another band where the bass player can kind of play a bass line and the drummer can play along with him or something. Yeah, one thing I noticed at the show, I recall a specific moment where Tone would switch over from a guitar or bass and switch to the other, and he sort of put a guitar up horizontally on the keyboard and played it sideways. Do you guys uh, just come up with new tricks with every show that you're coming, uh, you know, finishing? Um, we try to, you know, like we try to add new instruments, which makes it more complicated. Um, but, you know, he's got uh, five or six guitars that he plays with now. And he plays that guitar like a slide guitar and he modified it himself to take off, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, to take off the frets so he could use the slide and not break the strings. Um, but it's fun to add more and more different layers of sound. So it just ends up adding more and more to the show, which I think makes it hopefully interesting for people to keep coming back and see another live show. I certainly think so. And I was first acquainted with Little Hurricane when I heard the song Bad Business in Major League Baseball, the show 2016. How did you guys get in touch with San Diego Studios? Because that was on the game a year before it came out. Yeah, that was actually a totally random and kind of funny story where Tone's mom is a nurse and so one of her patient's sons worked for PlayStation and so she started telling him about Little Hurricane while he was visiting his dad in the hospital and he kind of looked up the band and told her about what he does and he was really interested in the music and we had already had that song tracked and recorded so he ended up writing us and asking um, if we had any music coming out, and we knew within the next year we'd be releasing that song on a record, so we sent it to him among some other songs, and that's the one they picked. But it's really cool because it would have never happened if his mom hadn't have been, you know, bragging about Tone. <laughs> that is crazy. I just remember hearing the song on the video game and going, "What is this song like? I can't find it anywhere." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, it is an exclusive song right now for this game," which I thought was really <laughs> cool. Yeah. And speaking of San Diego, once you guys sort of got serious, you mentioned that like six month mark, once you realized like this was going to be the band and it was going to be you too, was there ever any consideration from either of you about leaving San Diego for a town like LA or Nashville? Um, no, we never considered permanently relocating, but we let, we've left and left again several times. So after that, um, after we've been a band, so we formed the band in January and by October we fully moved out of San Diego. I sold my car, I sold my bed, we sold all of our belongings, um, literally down to whatever we can put in the van and the trailer, and we went on tour, um, which was our very first tour that we did 
entirely independently and it was a, a big learning experience and really difficult and challenging but I still look back at that as like one of my favorite tours that we've ever done because we ha I had no idea like I we didn't have an agent I was booking our shows I didn't know how to ask about pay and guarantees and you know it was it was really hard but it was a really great experience to just like go on the road and leave everything behind. And in that tour, that experience, did that feed into any of the music you were creating at the time? Yeah, we ended up writing and, rec not writing, we've already written a lot of Homewrecker, but we recorded Homewrecker on that tour. So we were, I realized after we had left all of our belongings and, and, and went on the road that I couldn't book, you know, we were trying to do this thing where we would spend like two weeks to a month in each city. We, were, we called it slow tour, where we would go there and play like five or six shows and like build up a, an audience and then move to the next city. Well, I had no idea that a lot of the venues have radius clauses where they don't want you playing another show within 30 days of the show that you're playing. So we ended up with a lot of downtime. So we recorded a lot of the songs um, on the road in Seattle and in Portland and up in Santa Cruz. One of the things that I read about uh, you both is that you really enjoy vintage instrumentals and uh, vintage music equipment. Do you incorporate any of that into your live shows? Yeah, I mean, I up until last year, I played with a, a drum kit from the 60s, um, which I still own. Almost all of our gear is vintage. Right now, my drums are not vintage. It's an updated kit. But all of his guitars are from the 60s and his amps and, you know, we will still occasionally buy new things that are old. Did that just come from an appreciation of the sounds of those times, or was it a particular passion? I think it's kind of a little of both. Like, I just love vintage stuff, like old dresses and old whatever it is, old cool equipment. Or um, So, you know, if you're going through a thrift store or checking out, like, an antique store and you find a vintage instrument and it sounds good on top of it, you're going to want to buy it obviously <laughs> and um on top of that like the vintage drum kits that i own are just really cool because i don't know who's played those drum kits i mean if they were built in the early 60s chances are they've seen a lot of really cool clubs and been on a lot of cool stages and they have a certain kind of heart that you really don't really know about but you can maybe kind of feel if you try which is cool i think it's cool to just have an instrument that has a history before you played it thinking back to some of those moments or, or, you know, the stages that those instruments have been on. For Little Hurricane or for you even personally, um, playing at any particular venue or show, is there moments for you or a particular moment that sticks out to you as transformative or uh, particularly memorable? Um, probably for me, our most, like, transformative and memorable show would be playing at Lollapalooza because I was born and raised in Chicago, and it's now a Chicago-based festival. So to be able to play, at, and that was, I think, the second festival we had ever played. So to be able to play on a massive stage in my hometown, and it was our first show in Chicago. So it was crazy, because I just felt like, wow, like this is insane. I would have never expected to be here and, and playing this stage, and it was really cool.